Hello, and welcome to Setting the Skein. I'm Ben. I'm Tristan. I'm Elijah. And hey, Elijah, you hit record this time. I did. I'm sorry. This is take two. You're good. You're good. At least you showed up. I mean, Doug, where you at, man? I get that, you know, it's finals week, but... I get that you're extremely busy, Doug, but come on. (laughs) What kind of excuse is that? I'm saying... But yeah, we watched a uh, dandy Doug, this week. <laughs> we did. Uh, man, Doug missed out. Yeah. Um, yeah, we watched the 2017 film, My Friend Dahmer. Yeah. Jason, hit us with those facts. Featuring featuring Bambi. Um, what? <laughs> what? You said we watched Bambi, right? No. Oh. I mean, they're pretty much the same movie, but... Uh, <laughs> Very similar th- th- movies. Yeah, this is the live action one. Yeah, this is uh, this is my friend Dahmer. Has been said, came out in 2017. Uh, it was directed by Mark Myers, also written by Mark Myers and John Backdurf, uh, which um, which is uh, Jeffrey Dahmer's friend in the movie. Um, not doesn't play him, but in real life, sorry, that's his, that was his friend in real life. Um, Zachary Davis Brown. Uh, whoops, well he's in it. <laughs> <laughs> Ross Lynch plays Jeff Dahmer. Um, it's got uh, Vincent Kartheiser. Um, he plays Dr. Matthews. He is from, uh, well, I recognized him from Mad Men. Um, Alex Wolf plays Durf, his friend. Um, those are your main cast. Um, Liam, uh, uh, Liam Coeth, Dallas Roberts, Tommy Nelson. Um, and Hesh, um, it not not really star-studded cast, I, I would say. Um, yeah, I feel like Ross Lynch is probably the biggest name, um, former Disney Channel star from, uh, I think I said it was called Austin and Allie. Um, yeah, we're showing which, our age, guys. Right. We're old because we yeah. all we all know Disney Channel shows, but not this one. This is after our time, right? Well, um, Al- Alex Wolf was in. Uh, um, the Naked Brothers Band. I don't know if you remember that. Oh group. yeah, he's one of the Naked Brothers. Hmm. Um, so I get he, which was also was that on Nickelodeon or Disney Channel? I think that was Nickelodeon. Okay, interesting. Yeah, and then Vincent Carthizer is from Mad Men. Those are the only three that I know anything at all about in this movie. All right. Uh, well, in terms of ratings, uh, this movie has just kind of come across as. It's fine. Uh, Metacritic has it as a 68%. IMDb, 6.2 out of 10. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes, the um, audience score is 61%. uh, But the tomato meter has it in an 86%, which is the highest of those four. Um, Which I think is interesting. It doesn't surprise me that critics like this a little bit more than um, the fans did. Um, But yeah. Anyway, uh, I think I'm the only one who has seen this, which is always a fun time. Um, yep. I'd say I actually suggested this because I wanted to, uh, you know, have, just have an episode where we talk about a movie about a serial killer. Because um, uh, why not? You know, true crime's a fun thing yeah. that is yep. super popular these days. Sometimes that's what a guy wants. Right. Um, much like what a girl wants, the song, this is what a guy wants. Um, right. Anyway, so. um... Did y'all have any expectations coming into this movie? No. Um, <laughs> I had none. I mean, 
we had talked about it a little bit, um, that this is a story of the monster himself, Jeffrey Dahmer, in high school. Because, um, uh, Ben, I, I'd forgotten until we talked about it today, but you did tell us that you had already seen this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so I've yeah, seen it a couple times. That's all I knew. Um, and then, uh, for the past couple hours, I've been reading up on Jeffrey Dahmer on Wikipedia and kind of feel like I shouldn't have done that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm actually glad that you brought that up. Uh, just as a quick aside, um, in this podcast, if you were hoping to hear all about uh, Jeffrey Dahmer's exploits. Um, we're not going to talk about that uh, because that's not what this movie is about. Um, but there are a plethora of other resources, um, true crime podcasts, whatever. Uh, if you are more interested in the crimes that he committed, uh, I would suggest one of those. Google uh, it. Yeah. <laughs> there Google you go. It. Uh, but we're just going to be focusing on this movie and this time in his life. Uh, just to avoid any uncomfortableness and things that we don't want to talk about. Yeah. If I may, Ben, can I tell them what happens in this movie? Be my guest. Great. Well, this movie is about uh, Jeffrey Dahmer as a teenager. Takes place in later high school, mostly his senior year. Um, And we just kind of see the friends he makes, quote-unquote friends, people he meets. Um... The way that they exploit him, and he he is around people, and he tries to fit in, and he's met with a lot of um he's uh he's met with a lot of struggles, um whether he causes them or not, um so anyway the the, the movie is is all of these things happening at once. It's basically a look at his senior year um, in high school and then leading right up to, like, right before his first killing. Um, So that whole section of time, it really looks at, like, how a killer, at least this killer, came about and what what led to his first killing. Mm -hmm. And through that time, we see his parents get divorced, um... We see his life pretty much get turned upside down. Um, he um, starts drinking heavily and all sorts of things. Yeah, yeah. The it, it's 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 really a, a jumble of things, I guess, um, that happens to him. Mm-hmm. So, cool. Well, thank you. His descent uh, into madness. Yeah. Uh, so normally, uh, like whenever people are talking about true crime um, or even movies or documentaries about serial killers, typically what you get is something that is about their actual crimes. This is completely different uh, in that we, you know, it's about his life leading up to his crimes. So I guess like, what do y'all think is the point of that? Like, why do y'all think the director decided to make this movie instead of you know a movie about what Jeffrey Dahmer did later in his life this movie very much reminded me of another movie that came out I think uh, a year or two after this one Joker mm-hmm. it's all about it's it's this lengthy slow burn 
where we watch a, a really isolated individual, uh, like Tristan said, descend into madness and eventually snap. Yeah. Um, and I don't know, to hear... I guess the point of that is here take a look at what society does to these people that makes monsters like this. Mm-hmm. Which seems like a good conversation we should be having. Mm-hmm. Um, personally, I think there's a little bit of reason to be concerned that people... Uh, you know, people love anti-heroes, and I think sometimes people have a hard time drawing a line between anti-heroes and legitimate evil villains... Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes it it gets to the point where people act like the Joker is cool, and you know he you know he's out here murdering people and abusing his girlfriend and stuff, and people are like, yeah, I like the Joker. I'll put him on a t-shirt. You know, it's like yeah, you know, you, you need to recognize. Or you get stuff like the upcoming uh, Cruella uh, Deville movie that Disney's putting out. That's like literally her whole character is I want to skin Dalmatians, and it's just like wait a second. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What? <laughs> yeah, so like, you know, Deadpool is one thing, and anti-hero mm-hmm. is one thing. Um, but we're talking about we're talking about some evil people here. And so I mm-hmm. to me the Joker a little bit rubbed me the wrong way because I felt like a lot of people were just going mm-hmm. because they like watching him murder people, you know? And it's yeah. like, what what is what are you doing? Like I think the point of these kinds of movies is to say, hey, look at what society does to make these people feel so isolated that they start just losing it Mm -hmm. and acting out and nobody helps them and then this is what happened to them, you know. I think that's a good conversation to be having. I'm a little concerned with the way a lot of people react to stories like this. And I'm also, and this is probably more relevant to what we actually do on the podcast, I'm also not convinced that this kind of thing makes for good movies. (laughs) Yeah, no, I, I get that. Um, I will say I think the story in this particular movie is aided a little bit because it is based on a book. Um, Durf, who is one of the characters in the movie, uh, wrote a graphic novel um, detailing his experiences going to high school with Jeffrey Dahmer, uh, which is what became the movie. Um, so I, I feel like that gives us like an interesting look into his life that I don't feel like we would normally see because, I mean... I don't feel like it's every day that, you know, you get someone who grew up with a guy like, you know, Jeffrey Dahmer is like, yeah, I went to high school with him and was uh, kind of friends with him. Here, let me share all of my experiences with you. So I I, I get what you're saying, like with um, it may not necessarily be an interesting thing for a movie. But I think it's something that sets this movie apart from other movies that we see about serial yeah. killers. Yeah, I mean, I I definitely think th- these are conversations worth having. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll say that uh, just just from a movie critiquing standpoint, I think like I, I didn't particularly like this movie. I don't know how you've watched it two or three times now, <laughs> and I think this movie like. All of the things that I didn't like about Joker as a movie, this movie does, and it's even worse. <laughs> so I kind of, you know, even though I think this is a conversation worth having, I don't know that it should have been a movie. Okay. Uh, so you talked about these things in the Joker that you didn't like but saw again in this movie. Um, do you want to talk about some of that? 
Um, Tristan, looks like you also had something you wanted to say. Is is it about this, Tristan? Were you going to say something about yeah. that? Yeah. Okay. Before we move on, yeah, uh, you you mentioned that the you mentioned that maybe movies like this don't make for good movies. Uh, I thought that was an interesting idea mm-hmm. because I'm, I may agree with you. Um, you know, the the idea of what makes a good movie is pretty, uh, I don't know, um, philosophical, <laughs> I guess, in nature, uh, or could be, um, or opinionated in any case. Um, I mean, it, it's a it's a it's a character study about someone who is uh, you know like jeffrey dahmer is i mean it's like joker it's the same kind of thing except it's you know has a dc kind of it's from dc but it's still about the same kind of person mm-hmm. and then you take movies that are like I, one of my favorite movies is a character study about a guy who also descends into madness um he actually does kill someone at the end. It's There Will Be Blood. Um, and it makes me think that's a movie where someone is doing the same thing. Maybe not as graphic or as intense as Jeffrey Dahmer. Um, but I, I really like that movie, you know. And so, anyway, it just made me think about that. Cool. Leave a yeah. comment. What do you guys think? <laughs> oh, well, um, I watched There Will Be Blood with you as well, and I did like it. I mean, I'm I'm down with a movie that's a really intense character study. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, Doug hated it largely because it was so long, and I feel that. I mean, I do think that movie was unnecessarily long. And so <laughs> one thing that I didn't like about Joker and my friend Dahmer, uh, I thought this several times while we were watching the movie, there's just too much silence and space in this movie and that's coming from someone who likes a bit of silence and space in his life but this movie um did not need to drag things out as much as it did i thought the entire prom scene was completely unnecessary i mean tristan said because because you missed some of it and you were like did i just miss the climax of the movie yeah and i'm like i don't think so i don't think that scene was necessary at all could have done without it completely yeah, uh, I feel like at least some of like the silence and the like long pauses are intentional uh, to kind of help with the uncomfortableness of this movie. But given the subject matter, I don't think you need to overdo it quite like they did. Right, right. Because I'm remembering a scene where he's just sitting there fiddling with some animal bones. And mm-hmm. that's the first thing they show you. And then they show you his face looking around for a long time, a long shot. And then back to his hands holding the animal bones. And I was kind of like, all right, we get it. Yeah. Like, this movie is only an hour and 47 minutes. It feels a, a lot longer. It is very much a slow burn, and it it lingers on things. Um, I, I think part of that comes from just uh, the director trying to get a little too artsy with it. Um, but... It, yeah, I, I, I I think movies like this is the essence of a horror film. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a lot of people think of maybe monsters or something when I think of horror, and it certainly can be. I mean, he's a monster, but you know, like monsters in the cryptic sense or something like that. Um, mm-hmm. 
yeah that you have to you have to be okay with experiencing something as wild as these characters and trying to understand it it's like it's like a mental exercise more than something to just sit and enjoy <laughs> what a movie like this i think yeah you don't sit and enjoy something like this you watch it and yeah <laughs> you watch it and go why god why <laughs> yeah right No, uh, I mean, I will say the reason that I have seen this a few times, uh, the first time was just purely out of curiosity, um, but the second time uh, was because I wanted to uh, talk about it with someone. Um, so we watched it, we talked about it, and felt like I had a good discussion, and I just thought it would be a good movie to talk about on the podcast, and here we are. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting, and... Um... So let's talk about this as a movie, uh, like start to finish. Uh, clearly, it's not like your stereotypical like hero's journey kind of movie. In fact, it's probably kind of the opposite. Um, the villain's journey, I guess, is that a thing? It, it sounds about right. That kind of um, describes the kind of movie we've been talking about today. Right. Um, anyway, um, but one of the things that really um, sticks out to me throughout like that we see over this movie is like how his relationships with people change because like we see his relationship with his parents kind of degrade over the film uh as his parents uh start fighting more ultimately get divorced and by the end of the end of the movie he doesn't have either one uh we see him go through a few different um sets of friends because uh, he had the one kid that he met uh, towards the beginning of the film that he ends up brushing off and then it's the main group of friends and they grow apart how do y'all feel about all that uh i i think he is an unstable individual um and he has people around him that are not really great support people and it's all just a big mess (laughs) it it all ended up in a big mess yeah yeah i think Um, that is accurate and I don't think any of us is an expert on Jeffrey Dahmer, because everything I know is from the Wikipedia page. Um, but from what I re- what I was reading today, it's it, um, it does chalk a lot of what happened to him to mental issues that started in childhood, feelings of abandonment, even though he had both parents at home when he was a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it it chalks a lot of it up to his parents, and in particular his mother. What I was reading said. Um, she's a hypochondriac. Is that the right word? She thinks mm-hmm. she's got an illness at all times or something. That's the word, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she um just demanded attention at all times. Basically, like when Dad would come home from work, she would just and and it showed this in the movie pretty well. I think. Mm-hmm. I mean, she would just dominate all of his attention um, because she thought that's what she needed. And uh, so obviously the kids aren't getting attention, and then she's also like constantly on sleeping pills and all kinds of other you know drugs and alcohol i think that kind of kept her out of commission you know say, when there was also was a brief stint where she was in a mental hospital yeah as they mentioned in the in the movie because she was uh, chasing a ufo down the street that's what they say yeah um so even though he had both parents in his life he still was a victim of neglect 
mm-hmm. and had abandonment issues. I mean, I feel like we also see it a little bit with his brother because, like, it looks like uh, at least his mom favors his brother over him. Yeah. Because, uh, like, I know there's the one scene uh, where they're eating dinner and, like, she's insistent on, you know, him, the uh, Jeffrey's brother getting the dark meat. Uh, at the end, you see the mom leaving with the brother. Um, yeah. Even though I, I want to say that the dad had custody of the kids. Well, they weren't necessarily divorced, as far as oh, I could tell. No, they they did get divorced. I'd say that yeah. they do weird things with the time, with like the timing in this. They jump around a lot. Well, I I, I don't. I I assume that when she was leaving the house and packing the, her bags mm-hmm. and put them in the trunk. They, I, I assume they were not divorced and that stuff was just happening regardless. Yeah. So she was just leaving with one of the kids. I don't, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong, but that's that's what I got when I watched it. Uh, in any case, yeah, that's a big part of it. Um, I was not extremely keen on the... And uh, I may, you know, may get EZA flashbacks here. Uh, <laughs> extremely keen on his parents. Uh, they were, they they kind of fit these, like, stereotypes in a way. Um, if you want a good, and I, did it say that his mother was a hypochondriac? Did it say that in the wiki, Elijah? Yes. Or did you, okay. Um, and she was taking sort all sorts of medicine, and, and things and just getting hooked on stuff um yeah if you want to see a good representation of that i recommend august osage county it's a really good movie um meryl street has a good representation of that uh in this movie it seemed i i would say fairly insensitive to people who struggle with that and i and i, and I don't think it was I don't think it was very, uh, a very. I don't think it was well acted either. Mm-hmm. I think it was kind of rushed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, hopefully, hopefully nobody watches this movie and thinks that that's supposed to be like. This is this is what these people are like. Sure. Yeah. Um, you know, from but from what little I read, um, people who've actually studied this case have kind of chalked a lot of Dahmer's issues up to his mother, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the dad figure, I mean, again, just when he gives him the the weights, yeah. the whole scene, it's like, okay, this is like peak dad, I guess. I don't know. You know what I mean? Yeah, Tristan, I, mean, I, I don't know why you thought you were going to get pushback by criticizing these parents. <laughs> yeah, no. I, I, I think a lot of it is also, like, the source material comes from Jeffrey's friend who probably didn't have a ton of interaction with Jeffrey's parents aside from like brief interactions yeah so I mean that may be why it it comes across as more like stereotypical and Um, but you know you brought up the acting Um, personally I think Ross Lynch does an incredible job uh, in this film like hauntingly good everybody else though is kind of yeah yeah i think you get a lot from his face in some of the the shots mm-hmm. um his mannerisms are 
haunting. Per- particularly at the end when he stops uh, at the, his car and he's deciding. Mm-hmm. You also see when he's hiding in the bushes and watching that uh, the doctor take mm-hmm. a jog. Um, you see it when he's with the dog with the knife in the in the woods. He thinks about yeah. killing the dog. Um, he he's really good at showing emotion that way. I'll give him that. Yeah. Um, go ahead, Elijah. No, I, I was just going to agree. I did like Mr. Lynch as Mr. Dahmer in this movie. I thought that was good. Uh, well acted. Um, and, and like you said, I was not necessarily impressed by the rest of the acting in the movie. Most of it is um, kind of forgettable at best. There were definitely moments where, I, you know, an actor said a line and I thought, that wasn't well delivered. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, almost every single of the dad every single one of the dad's lines was not well delivered mm-hmm. um yeah the that his friend who played the the guy who played Durf mm-hmm. just didn't what Nate Wolf just didn't like him I just oh, didn't think cool. it was a realistic portrayal of a person it, it, was, it was very a lot of the lines just felt like scripted just felt very scripted mm-hmm. um which, which i i feel like also kind of reflects the direction of it a little bit like i think this mov- movie focuses on a few things um ross well, that- performance is jeffrey dahmer and making the feel of the movie just like as creepy as possible like you know you have these lingering shots you have these moments of just silence uh, you have all these shots where everything is just bright. Like, it, it's designed to make you feel uncomfortable. And in doing that, it neglects the other actors' performances. Yeah, I mean, well, the the dialogue is the writing. And the same guy who wrote it directed it. Uh, Mark Myers? I don't know him. I, do I? I looked him up. He's done one other movie. How, how he fell in love. I don't know that one either. That, um, uh, I mean, this is an indie movie, so... Yeah. I, he can't write dialogue super well. I'll, I'll say well, it. I didn't feel like... I that. mean, it's adapted from the graphic novel. Yeah, right, I don't... Well. I personally do not think the problem is the dialogue, the way it's written. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think it's more performance-based. I think so, too. Uh, maybe Maybe some moments it was written a little clunkily. Um, but I definitely noticed some moments where I just thought the acting was clunky. Mm-hmm. Um, this is off topic a little, uh, but we mentioned before the podcast started how Ross Lynch is a Disney Channel star. Now uh, in this movie playing a notorious American serial killer. And uh, there's another example of that that also happened very recently because old Zac Efron played Ted Bundy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm and, remembering uh... now... Extremely vile and shockingly wicked. Something like that, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's all of those words in some order. Yeah, yeah, It's that's uh, pretty close if it's not on point. And uh, anyway, as, as we were talking about... Um, uh, extremely wicked, shockingly evil, and vile. Okay. <laughs> uh, that describes the kind of people we're talking about, for sure. Um, yes, it does. And as we were talking about Dahmer's mom... I remembered when I 
I I had this like social studies class in high school where we actually, for like a week or two, took a really close look at serial killers in the class. It was pretty interesting. I don't think that was in the curriculum, but we did it. And um, I think one of the things we learned, um, because I remember learning that most serial killers, you know, if you look at the numbers, it's mostly, if I'm remembering correctly, um, white men who are considered good-looking and charming and have mommy issues. Like, I think that's what it kind of boiled down to. Like, most, most... convicted serial killers fit that description mm-hmm. uh, I, and I may not I may be um, glossing over some things obviously none of us are experts but I think that's what I learned in that class <laughs> um, there you go and it seems I mean the mommy issues thing I'm, j- I'm just now remembering it but I'm pretty sure that is something we discussed that these serial killers often did not have good relationships with their mother yeah uh, I briefly listened to a true crime podcast um, a few months ago, and like a lot of the people that they talked about had some sort of mommy issue. Uh, I guess speaking on that a little bit, true crime has really like caught on. I feel like the last several years. What's the deal with that? Well, yeah. I think people I mean, ask that. I th- sorry. No, go ahead. I think people ask the same questions that we have asked and that we we're just really curious about why people like I asked I remember asking I think before we started recording I was like why did he do that like what was his motivation why did he why did he pick that person to kill I'm talking about Jeffrey Dahmer his first murder um and stemming from th- questions like that people are very curious about, you know, trying to understand why someone does something, um, which is like a never-ending struggle. Because how can you, if you're not them, you know, you may not understand. You can't ever really truly understand. So it's the constant. Maybe it's the constant pursuit of that. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's. I think, like, crime dramas have always been popular. Mm-hmm. People love a story where a crime gets solved. But I think you're talking about more like this, where we're really just focusing on the vile criminal and, like, what made them tick and what actually happened with them and what did they do. Mm-hmm. That sort of thing. Yeah. And it may just be the same as, like, people's fascination with horror films. Like, sometimes stuff that scares the crap out of you is just <laughs> a weird high that people mm-hmm. come back for. Yeah. Um, and for me personally, watching stuff like this tends to it tends to get me in the place of like asking hard questions about human nature, you know? Like mm-hmm. the goodness, the inherent goodness and or badness of people. Um, that's something that interests me and I think a lot of people yeah and so i I will say i I think it's always interesting i I feel like you know we as humans always want to try and understand why people do things especially you know like horrible crimes like these and i don't know I, i i just feel like you know being just an average human that's not something they would ever do 
Um, so it, it's just like a natural desire. You, you know, you just ask why. Like, you know, Tristan said earlier, you know, why did Jeffrey Dahmer pick this person to kill as his first victim? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's, it's startling when you get into it. And like mm-hmm. some of the stuff that I read was like the guy, uh, the guy had moments where he was like, I shouldn't be doing this, but then he did it anyway. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, a murder or some other horrible act. Um, and I was reading about when he was actually apprehended and arrested and how he was very quick to tell the police officers arresting him that he deserved to die for what he'd done. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah. he seems to understand <laughs> that that mm-hmm. what he's doing is very wrong. And it makes it makes me imagine that he must have had a lot of moments, and they kind of show this in the movie, like when he thinks he's going to kill the dog to have something mm-hmm. to open up, and he decides mm-hmm. he's not going to do it, and he lets the dog go, you know? And then he also has a moment where he could kill uh, his buddy, the the artist. Um, mm-hmm. Durf. Yeah, but he, he doesn't really gun it. You know, mm-hmm. it's like he's hesitant. And um, there's there's lots of reasons that a person might hesitate to do something wrong. Often it's just because you don't want to get caught. Um, but it does make you think, you know, this guy probably had plenty of moments where he was like, what I'm thinking right now is wrong and I shouldn't be thinking it. Mm-hmm. But then he does it anyway, you know, whatever he was thinking about doing. Yeah. Well, he. I think he got so deep into what he was doing and what he, like, he, uh, he, uh, some part of him enjoyed these murders. Mm-hmm. But the other, there was another part of him who was like, this is obviously wrong. Um, and one of those sides took over, at, like, every time, you know. And I mean, eventually, when he's caught, yeah, he's gonna say every like it's like every it's like mm-hmm. you know it, I I I imagine it's like being addicted to something, and it's like like it's like smoking. It's like mm-hmm. ah man, I know I shouldn't smoke, but I really got to do it, you know. Mm-hmm. And then you smoke, or you take a cigarette, and it's like oh man, I shouldn't have done that, but I feel much better now. You know, it's almost like that maybe i I don't want to i don't mean to akin murder to smoking but right right i'm I'm thinking it was some sort of addiction for him you know yeah and you know for him it also not to get too deep into well i I won't even say details but it was other kinds of addiction for him too yeah right right murder it was other kinds of addiction too and they actually i think they have a moment in this movie where they kind of make a comparison to cigarette addiction like you just did Tristan when the guy is trying to sell him weed and the guy Dahmer's like I want to go get some roadkill but I'm trying to quit which oh, yeah. is what people say about cigarettes but he's talking yeah. about how he likes to pick up dead animals and dissect them yeah That's, I, I will say I thought that that character in particular uh, while not well acted is an interesting character um because it shows off Jeffrey Dahmer's um, distaste of uh, guns. Because that's one thing. Um, like, he never used a gun, ever. He strangled people. Mm-hmm. He yeah. drugged him and then strangled him. Classy guy. Yeah. That's one way to put it, I guess. <laughs> I didn't mean it. Okay. But yeah, there I, is. I certainly hope not. There it's like is, one of those jokes, Ben. 
<laughs> yeah, they're elusive yeah. sometimes. Oh, I know. But yeah, the, there is a there's there has been a, a big wave in fascination of true crime. Mm-hmm. Um, I have an aunt who's always watching true crime shows on TV. Like every time mm-hmm. we go to her house, it's like, all right, what crime are we going to solve today? And it's always some you know real missing person from the U.S. or something from a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, oh. And it is interesting, you know. Yeah. Even if and and maybe uh, you know we've offered up a few explanations, but maybe that doesn't quite cover it. Um, sometimes stuff just piques your curiosity, and you don't even know why, but you want to know more, you know. Yeah. Well, with all that said, let's score this sucker. So, if this is your first time listening, we use a pretty simple scale here on setting the skein. It's a scale of one to one hundred. Uh, a one hundred uh, means it is a perfect movie. It has no flaws. Uh, if it's a one, that means it's an irredeemable pile of turds. So, who would like to go first? I'll do it. Go for it, Tristan. I am going to give this movie a 61. Um, it uh, It's actually higher than I thought I would give it. Um, but it was entertaining to a degree. Um... I had to take off points because, like, I just felt the acting was just very static for the most part. Um, mm-hmm. uh, Ross Lynch did okay, uh, in my opinion. He wasn't that bad, but he wasn't, like, spectacular. So, yeah. Uh, 61 sounds right. Okay. I was going to say 63. I have mixed feelings about whether or not this movie actually did what it set out to do. I definitely think that obviously the goal was let's take a look at what made this serial killer, this monster as we call him, and mm-hmm. you know, kind of we'll make a movie that really analyzes that and shows it so that people can kind of consider this. Um, I'm uh, like I said, I'm still not totally convinced that that premise even makes for good movies because I didn't particularly like Joker either. Um, in, yeah, I can't decide how successful I think this movie was in doing what it wanted to do. Because some, some aspects of it were really good. Um, like the, the actor front and center. He was good. Um, but most of the rest of the acting holds this movie back. And, uh, some of the other things, like just how much unnecessary space is in this movie. Mm-hmm holds it back just as a film and then just given what I th- what I think we all think this movie's purpose was you know I don't really know how effective it was um, did I say 63 I'm thinking 63 yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay all right cool uh, well I'm gonna go a little bit above both of y'all and say 65 um, I think this movie overdoes some things and then underdoes others um i think it overdoes the fact that it's trying to be an artsy movie um that's you know where the a lot of empty space lingering shots over i want to say over like creepiness like obviously we know that jeffrey dahmer is like a horrible person and you know there is going to be some of that but i feel like there are parts where it's just overdone and I think that takes away from it. 
You, uh, and I think there's too much focus on it. Yes, Tristan. You said artsy. Yes. What? What do you? So, what do you mean by artsy? Uh, artsy, like um, the heavy focus on um, pretty much everything but the acting. <laughs> like, I feel like all the lack of music throughout most of the film is a very intentional choice. Um, the very bright colors that are also very pale, um, like stuff like that. I agree, Ben. I noticed that too, and I thought mm-hmm. there was some good stuff in there. Right. You know, like enough that I would be interested to see the other movie this guy made and just see mm-hmm. what that's like. Yeah. Um, like I, I think this could have been a good movie, or at least better than it was. Uh, I think it struggles from overdoing it a little bit, which is why this movie feels like it's a whole lot longer than an hour forty-seven. Um. And, but uh, I think redeeming quality is definitely Ross Lynch. Um, I haven't seen anything else he's been in, uh, to my knowledge, but I think he does a really good job of capturing the mannerisms of Jeffrey Dahmer um, in just a haunting way. Uh, oh, so yeah. 65. Um, I actually saw a picture of high school Jeffrey Dahmer on the Wikipedia page, mm-hmm. and the homie looks the part in this movie. Oh, yeah. Like, it, it, it it's haunting. Yeah. But yeah, uh, after plugging that into our patented scorometer, <laughs> thank you for that. I like uh, that one. <laughs> uh, we get a final score of a sixty-three. So congratulations, Elijah. You were right this week. I'm right. Yeah. Well, yeah. That is my friend Dahmer. Ah, oh, jeez, that was an experience. Wow. Well. And next week. We're, we're watching another true crime thing. Uh, it's Shaun of the Dead. It's false crime. Is that false. true crime? <laughs> yes, absolutely. I'm convinced that it is based on a true story. I'm sure of it. I know nothing about Shaun of the Dead. but Shaun, Shaun of the Dead, yeah. How can it not be? It's uh, Sean Penn's, one of his very British movies. <laughs> All righty, well, uh, be sure to join us next week as we talk about Shaun of the Dead. I hope you all enjoyed this week's episode. Be sure to keep up with us on social media at Viner Media. We've got new episodes of Setting the Skeen every Wednesday and new episodes of Tea with Doug G every Monday night. Uh, And for all of us here, I'm Ben. I'm Tristan. I'm Elijah. And this has been Setting the Skeen. Y'all have a great week. (laughs) 